This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Wow, that's all I can say. I saw the numbers yesterday. There are millions of acres across the United States still waiting to be planted. Are we going to make it? The window is closed for a lot of Wisconsin farmers. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Tuesday morning, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. That's just one of the stories we're focused in on as we roll towards six o'clock. Of course, it's Tuesday. That means Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com, will be along with us. He'll give us his take on what those prevented plant acres are looking like. Stick around. So for today, as if we need any more, another 30% chance of a shower or thunderstorm today. 78 is our expected high overnight lows, down to 63. Tomorrow, 20% chance of a thunderstorm, 80 are high on Wednesday. Thursday looks like it's going to be sunny and pleasant, 77. Friday, sunny and pleasant, 75. But more rain starting to come back around in the forecast on Saturday. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, has the weather details for you coming up after 530. How is the federal government going to handle all these acres that will not get planted? You know, we've got that market facilitation program that is supposed to be bringing sunny money to a lot of our farmers. How are they going to approach those unplanted acres? Well, U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue told farm broadcasters yesterday he is trying to make a decision on that before the end of the week, but it's a legal issue. I'll explain more after 5.30. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. As proud partners of the dairy industry, we're here for you and join you in celebrating National Dairy Month in June. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compeer Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. As a company founded by farmers, Rural Mutual Insurance has long understood the unique needs of the Wisconsin ag industry. As Wisconsin's number one farm insurer, they're a proud sponsor of Farm Tech Days. Visit the Rural Mutual Safety Zone tent at Farm Tech Days in Johnson Creek, July 23rd through 25th. Go to RuralMutual.com slash win to enter for your chance to win state fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Most of the time when we hear stories about water quality, it's focused on farmers and farm fields. But, uh, oh, how everybody really plays a part in water quality. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And I know, Pam, a lot of these workshops they have on water quality, they're going beyond just what happens in farmer fields, but also what happens in a lot of uh, city people's yards. You're right, Bob. Fabulous farm bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I think this is part of the conversation on water quality that we have to work on continuing to expand. It is not just about farmers and landowners. It's also about our urban citizens and what they can do to make sure that they are conserving water that we may all depend on in the future. It was a subject that our own Reba McClone had a chance to visit with Ermi Berrio from the uh, Madison Utilities. They are doing a lot of educational workshops and outreach to try to make sure that homeowners in the urban center understand what their water use patterns can mean to aquifers far away from their backyards. Reba? 
Amy Barrio, the public information officer for Madison Water Utility, shared with me how they are starting to work with customers on conservation and some hints and tips that you could implement in your own home. It's been now 10 years since we introduced our first kind of sustainability initiative, and that was our toilet rebate program, which is just, you know, if you have an older toilet, we can replace it with a WaterSense high efficiency model and get a $100 bill credit. Um, and just in that 10 years, that program has saved a billion gallons of water in Madison. Um, so that's a huge deal for us. And we were able to, through that program, kind of get some of those toilets out of people's bathrooms that could use like five gallons of water per flush and really have a water savings, not just for the customers, but for the city as a whole. You guys are also maybe looking into replacing some of the pipes throughout the city. Is that something that people could cur- encourage their local water utility to be doing? I think anybody who lives in a city or town that is a little bit older, like Madison, um, you know, we started a water utility in Madison in 1882, and we actually have some water mains still in service today from 1882. Um, so this is something water utilities are struggling with. We have this aging water infrastructure. We need to replace these water mains. Um, we have other facilities, reservoirs that need to be bigger in some cases, pump stations. All of that is getting replaced. Um, so if you live in an older community, you can bet your municipality is looking at how to kind of update that water infrastructure. And with that comes a financial investment and, in a lot of cases, higher water rates. And so um, the best way, I think, for people to deal with basically increasing water rates all over the country is to get a handle on their water use. Think about investing in water infrastructure and the expense that comes along with that. Um, For people who are water customers, the best way to kind of get a handle on their bills is really to look at what what they're using water for and how much they're using. What are some ways that people can look into doing water conservation within their own home? Well, you think about all the ways that you use water in your house. Toilets used to be and still are a big way. So look at that toilet. How many gallons does it use per flush? You can get some really great high-efficiency toilets now that only use 1.28 gallons per flush. Um, So that would be a great place to start. There are several water utilities in Wisconsin that offer rebates like Madison does for that. Um, Also clothes washers, dishwashers. um, Those are the things that in the home uh, that you can just switch out for high-efficiency models. Other things like shower heads save not only water, but they also save energy because you're using less hot water. So that's a good savings. And there's some pretty good shower heads out there that you can get. Um, But then you should also look outside your home because a lot of new homes especially are built with sprinklers for their lawns or gardens or whatever. And a lot of those sprinkler systems are just on a timer. So it could be raining outside and off goes your sprinkler system. So it's important to look at that and make sure that that's not being used when it's not necessary. And there are some pretty sophisticated ones out there that you can get that basically look at what the moisture level is in the ground and don't sprinkle when it's not necessary. So it's really just some kind of basic steps that can be taken in the home to kind of look at how you're using water. Um, Another place people don't think about is water softeners. So a lot of those are set on a timer where they're just going to regenerate at a certain time every day or every other day. And most of the time, it's much more than necessary. So if you can um, calibrate your water softener to regenerate based on the use, based on the amount of water that goes through it, um, then you're going to end up with less um, salt being used and put out into the um, sewer system for the sewer utility to deal with and less water used in your home. 
Wow, that's a lot of really great information for people to use regarding their home. And I think part of it is the fact that it's not just about the conservation use, but maybe about ways to improve water that they're using at home. Well, you know, I think a lot of people uh, use well water in the state, and so they're going to have hard water. So they are going to use a water softener. Well, how do you make sure that you use an efficient one and, and don't waste either the salt that you put in it or the water that goes through it. Talking about wells and at-home wells, you guys have a wellhead protection program. Can you talk about that and maybe if people have a well that's not being used at their home? You know, Madison, like every city, um, as it grew, it kind of incorporated people who were kind of living on the outskirts. And a lot of those people had private wells. Um, You know, in Madison and a lot of places, it's very water-rich. You don't have to dig down very far to reach water. So when those homes would come into the city, they would go onto city water and then just kind of forget about the well. And those homes would change hand. And lo and behold, there are hundreds and hundreds of these wells out there that people don't know about. And that's an issue because those wells are a direct link to our aquifer system below ground. That's where we get the water. And in some cases, one kind of a horror story, uh, somebody was uh, bringing oil, heating oil to a home, a, a distributor of some kind, and they put it in to what they thought was the heating oil, but it was the well that was able to be cleaned up. But there are times when people may be putting something on the ground near a well that should have been properly abandoned, but it wasn't. And if you're not living in a city and you do get water from your own private well, it's important to think about what are you putting on the ground? Pesticides, herbicides, are you using too much? Road salt, a lot of those things can end up in the groundwater that you're going to ultimately consume. Speaking of road salt, we had a long, snowy, icy winter, especially it getting into 2019. Can you talk about how that might have impacted water quality? Salt loves water. You know, it dissolves really easily. And once it's in there, it's very hard to get out. So all of the road salt that we put down this winter and for the last 50, 75 winters, by and large, stays in our area. It um, either goes to our streams, our lakes, or our groundwater, and it stays in the water. It does not really come out. So it seems like it's gone, but it's it's with us. And so with a winter like this one, yes, there is a need for road salt um, when we've got ice everywhere, and it's long and it's hard. Um, but it's important to really only use what you need more salt, like dumping it into big clumps, does not help the ice any more than just kind of spreading it out. I think we have a tendency to use salt for traction, um, and that's not a great thing. Sand is what needs to be used for traction. So we really encourage people to pay attention to how much salt they're putting down because it damages aquatic life um, in our small water bodies. Um, It stays with us in our lakes. We're seeing some really uh, disturbing trends in terms of chloride levels in our lakes. And then uh, ultimately, it can make it down to our aquifer. We don't have a lot of great options to remove it. It's very energy intensive. You kind of had talked a little bit earlier about lawn fertilizer applications and things like that. Is there any other in-home products that people should be concerned about contaminating water systems with? Well, anything that you put on the ground has the potential to do that. I know not just talking about groundwater, but in terms of medications, it used to be, oh, just flush those down the toilet. That's, that's how you dispose of them. Well, that's not a good idea because those end up in a sewer treatment system and not all of that can be removed. And that's going to impact people downstream. 
um, throwing them away again they can end up in landfills and have the potential to end up in groundwater there are places that you can take med drop places that you should take your old medications and that's really what you should use um, herbicides fertilizers those kinds of things you know really pay attention to the directions um, when you're using that more is not better it's the same with road salt sometimes we think well that worked I'll throw some more on um, you really don't want to overuse. What would be your top three tips to maybe decrease their water bill or be more environmentally conscious? I would say, you know, start with your toilet. Figure out how many gallons that toilet uses. It usually says right on it. Um, make sure you don't have any leaks. And sometimes that you think you have a leak, but it's not clear. You can always do a dye test. But make sure you don't have any leaks. And then pay attention to your outdoor water use. You know, it's not necessary in Wisconsin to water your lawn every day. Um, it's okay for your grass to get a little brown sometimes. Um, you'll have a lower water bill for it. That was Amy Barrio with the Madison Water Utility. Even with what is currently a plethora of water, using some of these tips can help you save money on your water bill and improve drinking water for everyone. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Kessler's Diamonds was founded on four big ideas. Number one, engagement ring customers should be able to see every style of engagement ring ever designed and every possible diamond option in one place at one time. And that place is Kessler's. Number two, every customer should get the lowest possible price without having to negotiate. Number three, if you bought it at Kessler's, it's guaranteed. It's just that simple. Even if you lose a diamond, including the center stone, we'll replace it. And all maintenance is free forever. Yes, it really is that miraculous. Number four. And this is the big one. At Kessler's, you will always feel like you are among friends. Because you are. Welcome to Kessler's. Visit Kessler'sDiamonds.com to find the location nearest you and to read what customers are saying about Kessler's. We believe you'll be impressed. Hi, this is Dave Gary for the Princeton Clubs. No matter what your health and fitness goal, we've got a plan to help you get there. Just listen to a few of these experiences. I have a history of a binge eating disorder, along with that depression and anxiety and being overweight and high cholesterol. I've lost 100 pounds. I'm off of blood pressure medication. My cholesterol levels are normal. But even more than that, my mental health is better. I don't struggle with depression anymore. I'm a better mom. I'm a better nurse to my patients. I'm a better wife. My family and I joined the Princeton Club sometime in 2016. I come to the Princeton Club for a better quality of life for myself and my family. That's incredible. At the Princeton Clubs, with all our amenities and so many ways to get you in better shape, I'd like to invite you to come in, let us know what your goals are, and let's make it happen together. There's never been a better time to be a member of the Princeton Clubs. Voted Madison's Best Health Club year after year. Visit PrincetonClub.net for a free trial membership. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. 520 now on a Tuesday morning and time to talk weather. Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. You know, yesterday was beautiful. I got a chance to visit uh, the site for the Dane County Breakfast on the Farm. The only hard part, Stu, is the sun stays up. The weather is gorgeous. Yonke does not get her sleep because of all this fantastic <laughs> now listen believe me i know i'm not alone there's a lot of folks out there pounding the midnight oil just trying to get things planted but 
I ought to know better <laughs> trying to put myself to sleep. It, but it was such a gorgeous day. You don't want to miss a, you don't want to miss a minute. Well, you know, you got to close the curtains and turn off the TV and you got to go to bed because you have school in the morning. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right, though, seriously. But we better take yep. it while we can get it because we still do have a little bit of pop-up here and there that could bring showers sometime this week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there's some rain just south. I mean, it's in eastern Iowa, northwestern Illinois. Uh, you know, Galena, Dubuque having a few sprinkles, some really light rain light right now. And that activity could just cross into southern Wisconsin. Not a great threat, but a small chance of a sprinkly shower this morning. For most of the rest of us, La Crosse and Mauston may see a sprinkle. Otherwise, it still looks to be a pretty fine day. All shaping up as that warm front is pushing right up into southwest Wisconsin. The cool front will follow through into the day tomorrow. And with that cool front, another chance of rain later tonight or into Wednesday when it may actually measure up a little bit. Trace amounts, a tenth of an inch or two, should be about the extent. But that chance does exist as that cool front slides through late tonight, just into the day tomorrow. And otherwise, temperatures fluctuate a little with clouds and some rain chances. But overall, we stay around and, in fact, above normal as we dry it out toward the end of the week. I'll have the forecast details right after this. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local Wisconsin-based insurance company that also protects thousands of other Wisconsin businesses? There's a local rural mutual insurance agent office near you, and premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Rural mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 523 now on a Tuesday. Go ahead, Stu. Give us some more of those weather details, please. Oh, absolutely. Mostly cloudy is what I expect today, but there'll even be holes in that. It'll brighten up, especially later with the warm front nearby southern Wisconsin with a slight chance of a little scattered shower, a very slight chance of a thunderstorm this morning, and otherwise mostly cloudy. Pretty fair. Upper 70s, probably 80 or so around La Crosse with the south winds a bit stronger, 8 to 18. They gust to 25. Overnight, mostly cloudy. In the night, a shower. Even a possible thunderstorm could pop up and last into Wednesday. Nighttime lows in the lower to mid-60s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. That rain chance will try to stick around a bit Wednesday. Partly sunny skies. I'd look for a high again around 80. A few low 80s up toward the northwest. But the winds become northwest tomorrow at about 5 to 10. And then mostly sunny for Thursday, a finer day. Mid and upper 70s with a light northeast breeze. So like I said, Pam, not a great threat those that see a little rain could be a tenth of an inch or two, but I wouldn't expect anything more than that. All right, good deal. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Stumach Ag Meteorologist with our weather details. Lacrosse, you're clear this morning, starting off 61 degrees. Mauston, partly cloudy and 57. Fond du Lac, you've got sunshine right now, 54. Oshkosh at the airport, sunny and 54. Madison's mostly cloudy right now, currently sitting at 57 degrees. Coming up after 530, oh, the numbers just keep 
mounting when it comes to acres that are unplanted, not just in Wisconsin, but across all the 18 major corn and soybean producing areas. We are going to recap those numbers. And of course, before six, our man Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, joins us live via Skype. Stick around. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. It's a summer tradition unlike any other. Talking about the Average Joe Golf Open. And it's back Friday, June 28th at the Oaks Golf Course. Make sure you sign up today. We will fill this thing up like we do every year. And again, raise a ton of money for the Badger Honor Flight. I can't think of a more worthy charity than flying our veterans to the nation's capital to honor them. Sign up today at Mad City Sports. Sportzone.com. The 2019 Average Joe's Golf Open. Brought to you by J-Dog Junk Removal, U.S. Vet General Contracting, Middleton Travel, and the Oaks Golf Course. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Shop with your heart. Mm-hmm. Great place to start. Mm-hmm. On your budget and community. Reduce, reuse. Mm-hmm. Recycle too. Mm-hmm. We can do it all at St. Vinny's. Oh, let's go shop St. Vinny's. Yeah. Let's go shop St. Vinny's. Yeah. Let's go shop St. Vinny's. Yeah. Let's go shop St. Vinny's. This is Pete Gunderson of Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care. We've been assisting families for almost 100 years now. My grandfather first helped families at our original East Side location. This is Matt Gunderson. Our goal is to provide your family with what you deserve. A service individualized for a life well lived. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson Funeral Home. 
largest video arcade in Wisconsin is right here in Madison. Geeks Mania Arcade and Family Entertainment Center. All the video games and pinball machines you love are waiting for you. Unleash your geek at Geeks Mania. Birthdays are great at Geeks Mania Arcade with group discounts and a free comic for the birthday boy or girl. New video games and pinball machines arrive almost every week. Geeks Mania Arcade. Odana Road across from Rust Era where geeks rule. Geeks Mania family discounts good for up to five children under the age of 16 when accompanied by an adult. Odana Road across from Rust Arrow. Geeks Mania. This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Wisconsin. This is sportsmanship. School sports. It's not the outcome that matters most, but the way the games are played. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. We want to recognize our hardworking Wisconsin farm families with another selfie campaign. Take a Life on the Farm selfie and upload it to fabulousfarmbabe.net. You could pick up a family four-pack of tickets to the Madison Mallards game Wednesday, June 12th, first pitch at 105. Thanks to the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation for partnering up with us. All tickets include the Pepsi pregame party with free food and beverages. Take a break from chores and let us see Life on the Farm with your selfie. Upload it today, fabulousfarmbabe.net. What I got you for here today, a couple of things, RJ. The biggest thing is, you know, it was about a year ago now where, like, you know, okay, Graham Mertz was already on the radar screen, but when you get the year ahead, right, Mertz, a 2019 commit, you know, when you get into that, the spring and early summer is really when you start going hard, you know, at the, the next year's class. And well, I and saw with Wisconsin with the early signing period. Right. Once people sign in December, they start already. So the, it's always good, like, for Wisconsin uh, that this – new early signing period started because they even get a larger jump ahead because uh, in the years past, these verbals you were getting were solid verbals. So those guys were taking care of it themselves to keep guys in the class. And, you know, if guys were wavering, recruits were even telling them, well, if you're wavering, we don't want you. No offense, but this is a solid group here. We're not trying to go apart. And then the coaching staff could then – go on to the next recruiting class because these guys were keeping themselves in check. So it's been a, a good history for Wisconsin uh, recruiting. But, uh, yeah, early signing period. Much of the country is starting now or after February. Wisconsin usually gets a two-month head start with that early signing day period. So a uh, visit with our Badger and Center, RJ. Obviously, a year ago at this time, it, it was Mertz cause, because not just from the position, but, you know, the the, the hype surrounding him. Probably, I would still say, what, the, the biggest – recruit you know as far as you know logan brown's the highest rated it looks like it's going to end up being but as far as hyped recruit is is mertz still the biggest i mean does he still fit that bill yeah you're at you're at a glamorous position uh not too many people would call offensive tackle a glamorous position maybe here at wisconsin it is but outside the rest of the country your highest profile recruit this class and maybe ever to this point is graham mertz uh, from his performances on the field, at the camps he attended prior to uh, stepping on campus here. And, yeah, it's just uh, been one of those things where we talked about it a little last week when uh, the pessimistic Wisconsin fans still thought there's an outside <laughs> chance of him not coming here. Well, and there, I mean, I think there was that until he actually signed it. You know, looking at this 2020 class, obviously very early, only seven uh, commitments, but uh, clearly, RJ, they're valuing a certain position because I saw over the weekend this kid, uh, Tanner 
Bordellini from uh, yeah. Kiwani. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a three-star offensive lineman. Out of the seven commits they have for next year, 2020, five are offensive linemen. I guess they are clearly reloading that position here in the next couple of years. Yeah, um, you got, uh, what, Jack Nelson from uh, Stoughton. Bolton. How about that, Nelson, huh? Yeah, he's a little bit bigger than me. Just a tad. Well, height-wise, <laughs> weight 270. They're about five pounds apart. But yeah. Jack Nelson's <laughs> 15 inches taller than Nelson. He only weighs like seven pounds yeah, more. But anyway, and, and most of these guys are in state because you also have uh, Ben Barton uh, from Stratford. Uh, you got a uh, Dylan Barrett. He's from St. Charles, uh, Illinois. So I mean, not too well, far six of, away. Yeah, six of the seven are yeah, Wisconsin it's, guys. It's, it's ridiculous. So, Trey Wedding is the the best. He's the offensive lineman. He's a four star recruit, uh, mm-hmm. according to rivals. So I mean, what, what most recruiting classes, RJ, you're in that twenty ish number, right? So I mean, they they still have a. We were talking about you know, despite the early recruiting and early signing day, I mean, they still have a long way to go in this class, don't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. And right now you have. Uh, five of the top 11 kids in the state committed to you right now. Uh, and, yeah, depending on who we see leaving here and uh, staying, it'll it'll depend on the, the size of the class. But, uh, yeah, still got a long way to go, especially when you when you do look at it. And uh, the majority of this class is O-linemen. Uh, and then you got a linebacker and a receiver in there. So, uh, yeah, as, as you're moving through here, you definitely want to see the skill positions get added uh, more both uh, defensive backs. Uh, you definitely need more linebackers uh, in the system. Wisconsin now runs in the three four. You always need uh, a deep set of linebackers there. And uh, it, you know, in the most recent recruiting, you've seen Wisconsin uh, get the linebackers in here. And whether you want to call it a system or, or not, but uh, it seems these guys are going on to the NFL and doing pretty okay for themselves. Uh, yeah, more linebackers, O-linemen. That's that's what we're really going to see, I think, moving forward here uh, with with recruiting. Uh, a lot of linebackers, a lot of O-linemen. You'll, one way or another, you'll always get some running back who's going to look at Wisconsin and commit to Wisconsin who's a pretty decent running back. And, I mean, for whatever reason, uh, we've, you've had guys who, I mean, what, you had a 12, 13-year span of 1,000-yard rushers, only yeah. broken by one year, and then you went on another run. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, it's 5.35 on a Tuesday morning. Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, is going to join us in about 15 minutes. A lot of data to go over. There are huge numbers of acres yet to be planted, according to our latest planting progress report some of those acres flat out will not be planted lots to talk about with bryce as we roll towards six o'clock did you know on this day in 1916 earth day founder gaylord nelson was born he is a clear lake native all the way up there in northern wisconsin ran for senate in 1948 served 10 years before he was elected governor of wisconsin in 1958 Earth Day founder Gaylord Nelson, born on this date back in 1916. In 1989, on this day, thousands died in Tiananmen Square. That's when they pulled out assault rifles and tanks and tried to level all those pro-democracy protesters. On this date back in 1989. And on this date back in 1984, Bruce Springsteen released Born in the USA. Can you believe it? We're still using it today. And now you know. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, 
Here's what's happening on a Tuesday. Alarming numbers released yesterday by the U.S. Department of Agriculture on how few corn and soybean acres have been planted across the 18 major producing states. We'll talk about that in just a moment. While corn and soybean growers struggle to try to get things started in their farm fields, pork producers are keeping an eye on what's happening with African swine fever. China has announced that they are going to take on immediate urgent testing of some kind of African swine fever vaccination that may help mitigate the loss of hogs, not just in China, but across really all of uh, Southeast Asia. Josh Scramlin had a chance to visit with Kerry Ritalik, executive director of the Wisconsin Pork Producers Association, on how this is impacting their business and their practices. The World Pork Expo was supposed to be happening at the Iowa State Fairgrounds this week in Des Moines, but back in April, the National Pork Producers Council canceled the 2019 World Pork Expo as a precaution against the growing threat that African swine fever is posing. ASF has yet to make it to the United States, but overseas it is ripping apart the world's hog population. China has been struggling to control the epidemic, and it will take years for them to contain the deadly virus. Various news sources, including ABC News, have estimated that up to 200 million pigs could die or be called this year in China, and that is going to cause a huge shortage of pork and have an economic impact on the meat and feed industry globally. Furthermore, outbreaks of the disease have already been reported in almost every region of mainland China, and just this past week, the first outbreak was reported in North Korea. To get an update on the situation, I put in a call to Carrie Ritalik, the executive vice president of the Wisconsin Pork Association, and I asked her that as the dates of what would be the World Pork Expo near, what is the current conversation regarding ASF? There's no vaccine at this time or treatment that currently exists. So one of the reasons that they decided to cancel World Pork Expo is because we're trying to eliminate as many risks as possible about bringing ASF into the country. And so we have worked diligently as a pork industry on on the national level, as well as working with USDA and uh, the American Association of Swine Veterinarians, as well as the Center for Food Security and Public Health to ensure that we continue to put roadblocks in there to keep ASF out. And so one of the things that we just really want people to know is that biosecurity is so important as we continue to, with these efforts. So if anyone is traveling internationally, and that's one of the main reasons why World Pork Expo was canceled, is because they do have a lot of international visitors, it's because it can be transmitted um, in pork products. Um, it can also you know, be transmitted um, on, on, on clothing, um, improper disposal of, like, infected carcasses, um, and just basically if they're feeding infected pork products from international flights or ships, that could be a risk to the United States and so and North America in general. So we're just trying to keep it out. And like you said, there's no vaccine at the moment. Um, I read recently that China is currently running some clinical trials on potential vaccinations. Uh, do you feel confident about the progress of a vaccine, or does it still seem like it's a long ways away from anything happening? You know, I can't really speculate on how the, the length of the term is going to be. There are efforts out there, research being conducted at this time for a vaccine, but we don't have any diehard information in regard to when we can expect something. And I've I don't feel that's going to be, you know, in the very near future, but we hope that we have something 
um, to be able to utilize uh, and have a vaccine at some point um, as we continue to work uh, with the industry. Thank you again so much to Carrie Ritalik, the Executive Vice President of the Wisconsin Pork Association, for her time. It's unfortunate what is happening overseas, but we can only hope that African swine fever never makes its way to American soil. I'm Josh Scramlin. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand. Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And And we're we're ready ready to to champion champion rural together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial. Equal credit opportunity lender. You know, a building is just that, a building, but what happens inside can be magic, and that's what's happening at the UW School of Veterinary Medicine on the UW-Madison campus. Tyler Mack is a Pennsylvania native that chose the UW School of Veterinary Medicine for the relationships he could forge with those professors. You kind of get the opportunity at the University of Wisconsin to really, like, pick the minds of all these brilliant people. For me, for example, when I would go on externships during the summers or go to places and I would see different things, I could bring back what I saw and talk to them about that, get their opinions on the matter. As some of the professors used to say, these are tools for your toolbox. Tyler Mack is now a graduate of the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and has decided to practice in Wisconsin. But the school needs more space for incoming freshmen. Find out about their expansion project, how you can write a letter, send an email, or pick up the phone in support of the UW School of Veterinary Medicine online. Animals need heroes to too.com. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures, is joining us live via Skype in just a minute. And man, do we have a lot of data that we want to discuss with him. Starting here in Wisconsin, we are almost historically behind as far as spring planting. As of Sunday, statewide, 58% of our corn was in the ground. That's more than two weeks behind our five-year average. Same situation on soybeans. 34% of our soybeans are in the ground. That's more than two weeks behind our five-year average. And remember, for a lot of farmers in Wisconsin, the window of opportunity has closed on planting corn. Uh, Now it's either going to be soybeans or nothing at all. And that's the same trend that we're seeing nationwide. As of Sunday, 67% of the nation's corn crop was in the ground. Normally, we'd have 96% of that crop planted. And 39% of the nation's soybeans were in the ground. Normally, we'd be at 79% complete. So Bryce has got a lot to talk about when he joins us in just a little bit. U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue is also talking about this delay in spring planting. Why? Because remember, he's got to make a decision on how to implement the next round of market facilitation payments that uh, is supposed to offset some of the losses farmers are experiencing because of the trade wars that uh, we're living through. But it gets a little tricky in a year like this when you are seeing literally millions of acres that may not get planted at all. How is he going to deal with it? Well, that is the question he's trying to get answers to. I don't know, frankly, whether we can legally do it or not. We're investigating that as we speak. You have to have something to sell or to trade for a tariff impact. So we're looking at it from a legal perspective. That's U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue. He did tell farm broadcasters that he would like to have a decision by the end of this week. In the meantime, he doesn't want that market facilitation program to influence what farmers ultimately decide to plant. 
We want them to make that decision based on the way they would ordinarily, not try to farm the program. U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, and if I may, folks, farmers would much rather plant the crop than wait for a payment from the government. So please just kind of keep that in mind when you hear about uh, these government programs. They are only pennies compared to what farmers could make if they could get their crop planted and if they had uh, access to the markets. All right. In overnight electronic trade, this news is obviously inspiring a lot of movement up. Right now, we've got December corn trading up six and three quarter cents at 448 and a half. November soybeans are up a dime at 916 and a quarter. The July wheat, that's down six and a quarter, 513 and a half. Barrel cheese in Chicago was down two and a half cents at 151 and a half. 40 pound block cheese on Monday closed a half cent higher at 172. Double A butter was down a penny at 235 a pound. The fluid milk for June down seven cents, 1597 a hundredweight. July milk down four. 1643. August milk closed six cents lower at 1689 a hundredweight. We've got $17 money on September, October, and November fluid milk contracts in Chicago, just so that you know. All right, coming up next, what does he know about uh, the market facilitation program and all the delays as far as spring planting? Bryce Knorr joining us live via Skype next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. When I see someone in their 30s, I get excited to show them all of the great non-surgical skincare treatments. While a few 30-somethings may be seeing fine lines or age spots, many younger people are not. This is the perfect age to start thinking about your skin health. Certain procedures such as broadband light therapy can repair and restore your skin before it starts showing things such as wrinkles or brown spots. Treatments such as Botox can prevent deep wrinkles from setting in. By starting now, you'll continue to look fresh and youthful while everyone else gets older. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. We went to Chalmers Jewelers because we wanted to get engaged. We chose to shop at Chalmers because it was a local family-owned jeweler. Uh, we were looking to identify and design a custom engagement ring. They communicated well with us, and they were very friendly and down-to-earth. Scott was actually in the jewelry store each time we were there, each visit to customize the ring, each time we went to check on the status of the ring when we picked up the ring, when we went to pick up the paperwork for our diamond. He was there every time, which was great to see, and he remembered who we were. It was a complete shock. I didn't know the ring was done, and he lunged across the living room to propose on his knee, and no one knew it was coming. She just took the ring and put it on her finger. (laughs) She was surprised and speechless. (laughs) I love it. I love looking down at my hand every day and knowing that we spent the time putting it together and picking out the diamond together and making it exactly how we wanted it. Chalmers Jewelers in Middleton and Madison. 
Who needs an alarm clock when you've got the farm, babe? Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Here we roll, uh, 548 now on a Tuesday morning. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype. Man, Bryce, the numbers are are big. I mean, honestly, in my years of uh, Wisconsin agriculture, it's hard to, it's really hard to kind of get your arms around it. And the numbers as far as prevented plant or just going, you know, unplanted uh, because of standing water, they, they just keep getting bigger. Right, and we're really in uncharted territory. Uh, we've never been anywhere close to this in terms of the slowness of corn and soybean planting. Uh, there are still 30 million acres of corn plus that are unplanted uh, as of Sunday. That's based on USDA's March intentions. The numbers are uh, staggering uh, when you look at some of the state totals. Uh, Illinois, almost 6.2 million acres of corn unplanted. Uh, Indiana, close to uh, 4 million. Wisconsin, 1.7 million. And of course, the uh, prevent uh, the final planting date uh, for maximum corn crop insurance has planted in uh, Wisconsin. It'll pass in Illinois on Wednesday. Uh, So uh, there's additional risk if you keep on planting corn. We know uh, folks will keep on planting corn most years if they can. Uh, This year, of course, we have uh, additional uncertainty uh, because we don't know what's in the disaster bill. And uh, we don't know about the next round of uh, tariff compensation payments, whether or not uh, prevent plant acres would receive those too. USDA continues to be extremely coy with their comments hinting that, uh, yes, maybe uh, they will get some help, uh, but not really confirming anything. Yeah, it sounded like it was almost a legal issue when Sonny Purdue talked to the media yesterday, but uh, I guess we'll just wait on that one. So uh, how is the market reacting, Bryce? I mean, on the short term, it makes sense that we are uh, catching a rally, but, I mean, we're going someplace where traders have never gone before. Right. And uh, trying to crunch the numbers uh, get to be a little difficult. Now, I've, I've already dialed in a uh, crop that's basically 1.3 to 1.8 uh, uh, bushels less uh, than USDA forecast uh, in uh, uh, May. And uh, that takes prices higher. It doesn't take prices to the moon because we still have a lot of corn left over. And that's one reason why we're seeing uh, a relatively, uh, let's say, understated uh, reaction to this is uh, because we don't really know how tight corn supplies may get over the next year. We don't know about acres and we don't know how much yield drag uh, there's been. And of course, we don't know about what the weather is going to do this summer as well. Exactly. Are we seeing these prices uh, start to draw out any of that old crop supply? Oh, you bet. Uh, We've seen that uh, farmers are selling into this rally. Uh, We've seen the basis uh, weaken, and it was down to about a penny and a quarter yesterday. Now, some of that is due to the fact that nothing's moving on the river system. Uh, It looks like St. Louis will be closed uh, 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 probably until June 17th. Uh, After that, it's going to take all the locks uh, upriver time to clean up. Uh, typically, there's a lot of junk that accumulates in those locks uh, when they're shut by uh, high water. Uh, so we won't get going right away. So the, the, the basis situation has been muddled. But when you take a look at the, the commitment of traders reports that, you, uh, that the uh, government puts out on Fridays, 
that's shown a real surge in uh, commercial selling. And that's typically done uh, when uh, farmers uh, sell the grain, uh, the uh, grain companies hedge it. And so we're seeing them go short, even as the, the big speculators are starting to go long corn. Are we attracting more outside investors because of these uh, swings and gains we're picking up? Uh, definitely getting a lot more notice. Uh, whether or not we're getting a big rush of money, there's a lot of money out there that's uh, gone to the sidelines recently, uh, come out of the stock market, come out of the energy market. So there is a lot of, uh, lot of money out there. I think one of, the, one of the problems is that we just don't have any real bullish chart signals yet. And uh, if we if we start uh, uh, start uh, to really knock down the corn production number, that could draw that money in quickly. But remember, this type of rally isn't like our traditional weather rally, where we get that big spike around the Fourth of July when it's 100 degrees and looks like the crop is frying up. Uh, these uh, flood-related uh, rallies take a long time to play out because they are so rare. You know, uh, also just wondering, I'm looking at the calendar. So for a good chunk of the growing region, the uh, date for corn before you start losing is past. And soybeans come up uh, probably within the next 10 days. We should, when do you think we're going to have a pretty good idea on uh, go or no go on these acres? Well, uh, you know, one of the factors is uh, farm, uh, uh, farmers keep planting corn, especially when the price is high. Uh, the price isn't high. So uh, uh, we may have to, uh, if we're going to get those final acres in, we may have to start getting the price a little bit higher. But uh, I don't expect uh, anything really until USDA puts out its acreage report June 28th. I'm going to be doing a survey on our feedback from the field feature starting next week, so we'll get a little bit of an idea of what folks are telling us. But again, they can keep planting corn for a long time. Well, yeah, some areas can at least. All right, Bryce, uh, we'll let it go with that and catch up with you on Thursday, see if there's been any change in the marketplace or in attitude as far as these numbers are concerned. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, catching up with us to uh, let you know it is a big rally underway right now for uh, corn and beans specifically, not so much the wheat. Uh, bringing out some of that old crop if you've got it to sell. Tomorrow we are going to be uh, taking a look at what's coming up on the weekend as far as dairy activities. Got a chance yesterday to visit with my host for the Dane County Breakfast on the Farm, Klondike Farms in Brooklyn. See if we can't introduce you to the claims coming your way tomorrow. We'll catch up with you then. Same time, same channel. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.